You're listening to episode number four of The Weight Coach with Joanne Philomena. Welcome. I hope everyone listening to this had gone back and listened to episode number two, where I spoke about hunger scale and different types of eating. And I hope you've been putting some of those ideas to use and practicing them, because today I want to elaborate more on the cause of all overeating and what sensation is versus feeling. How do you tell the difference in the kinds of hunger that you're having? The cause of overeating is something triggers you to think about eating or to think about food. You have a thought about what that trigger was. Maybe something you saw on TV, something that happened to you on the street, a phone call you got. The thought creates the feeling that drives you to go find something to eat when you're not truly hungry. You react to that thought and that feeling by overeating. Now, I talked before about the first time I was asked why I would snack in the evening what I was feeling. And I was really thrown by that because I thought I have no idea what I'm feeling. And the reason I had no idea is I was eating the feeling down so fast. I had no clue what the feeling was. So sometimes you have to just stop and not eat before you can even identify what's going on. If you can identify the feeling, if you can identify the thought that you were thinking when you started feeling that way, now you can control that out-of-control feeling of needing to eat. The main cause of overeating is not being aware enough of ourselves. We don't understand our own patterns and the cause, let alone to be able to try to control that. Finding the cause of overeating will solve the problem permanently. Once you're consciously aware of your patterns and you can gain control of your knee-jerk reaction to reach for food when you're feeling a certain way, thinking a certain thing, once you're aware of those thoughts, you see them coming. You know, you say, hey, there's my old friend. I'm feeling this way. No wonder I want to go into the kitchen and start searching the refrigerator. That's what is going to give you the ability to not even want to overeat anymore. When you find your root cause, and and most of us have more than one, and you identify the reasons why you are being driven to overeat, and you address those reasons, the drive to overeat goes away. And you naturally begin dropping weight because your body's going to go back to where it belongs. Be aware that when you stop overeating, all the reasons you overeat start to become clear because you're not masking it anymore. So if you're working with that physical hunger scale that I discussed and you're trying to identify where minus two is when you're just starting to feel a little weak, maybe a little edgy, you know, you're just starting to get hungry. And you eat back to neutral where you're not satiated yet, but you're not really hungry anymore. And you eat a few more bites to to plus one and a few more bites to plus two. And you go, that's it. That's plus two. As you're practicing that, 
your emotions are going to start surfacing. Your issues will start surfacing because you're not pushing them down with food anymore. You may find that you start having a lot of emotions like resistance and anxiety, maybe even deprivation. You start feeling deprived of food. Your little inner rebel comes out and says, well, I don't want to pass up on that just because I'm at plus two. Watch out for her or him. That inner rebel will get you every time. But you'll notice these emotions start to surface because you're not eating them down. And those are typically your cues that you've taken in the past to escape the feelings and eat. You need to learn how to feel and process those feelings in order to stop eating every time you feel them. The goal is to stay with yourself and be aware be aware of how you've been using food to distract yourself. And it's really good news. When you start getting into the nitty gritty, as uncomfortable as it can be to look at your own thoughts, you're finding out why you're overeating. And be compassionate with yourself. Don't judge yourself for these things. I've judged myself in the past, beat myself up over the number on the scale, over the fact that the wheels came off and I just ate with abandon. Those are golden opportunities, truly. If you can be compassionate with yourself and stand to one side of yourself and say, look at that, what, whatever made me do that? Gosh, what's wrong? Something must be wrong. So what's going on with me that I would do that? It's your opportunity to begin to look into your own mind. It's an amazing thing that we go through life and we pay a lot of attention to our family, to our kids, to our job. We give ourselves little attention and that's where your attention needs to be. You want to become aware of yourself, aware of what your thoughts are, what's going on with you. If you ignore yourself, you're just going to go into that fog of eating. It's a way of checking out. If you are in the kitchen and you're eating and you know you are not at a minus two, you were plus two a few minutes ago and you're still eating, stop and ask yourself, how come you're checking out? Why do you want to check out from life right now? Because that's what it is. If you're not in tune with what you're feeling or what's going on, you're just really checking out of life. So ask yourself, why are you checking out? Then ask yourself, well, is food going to solve that problem? I'll tell you right now, the answer is no. Food doesn't fix it. If there's something that has upset you and you don't want to even think about it or feel it because you're afraid of feeling upset, so you go eat, 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 and you realize, oh, I remember what Joanne said. I'm checking out on myself with this food here. So stop and ask yourself, why am I checking out? Well, it's because I was upset about that. And then ask yourself, is food going to solve that for you? The answer is no. It's no. Especially when you find yourself, you've eaten a couple cookies, and then you go get a piece of cheese, and then you get a couple chips, and then you go look for nuts. And then the reason you're going from food to food to food it's because you're still trying to find the one that fixes it and food's not going to fix it. So then 
Once you ask yourself, will food solve the problem? And you have to answer no. You know, nope, food is not going not to fix that. Now ask yourself, what's one thing you could do right now to start to solve the real problem? If you were upset over something somebody said, what one thing could you do about that? You could start asking yourself why you were upset. What were you thinking? And did they really mean what you think they meant? Very well, maybe they didn't because you made it mean something else to you and immediately got upset. That's why you're feeling upset. I talked about doing a thought download on episode two. And that's a good time to do a thought download. Even if you don't know what the initial thought was, if you know, I'm standing here with the box of cookies in my hand because I'm upset. Set down the box of cookies. Pick up your notepad. At the top of the notepad, you write, I'm feeling upset because. And now start writing down your thoughts, one after the other. Don't try to stop and analyze them. Don't try to stop and fix them in any way. Just keep writing. Just keep writing. Thought, 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 thought. As fast as you can. Only takes about a minute. Write down all your thoughts and then start looking at them and you'll see what you were thinking that made you upset. And if you don't want to be upset anymore, you might want to go back and and rethink those thoughts. You might want to say, how do I want to feel about that? And what would I need to think to feel that way? Maybe I don't want to feel upset. Maybe I want to think, well, that just really had more to do with her, that she would say that. And then you don't feel quite so upset. And maybe the urge to suddenly eat begins to recede. That's how it works. Now, the difference between the sensation of actual hunger and the hunger that comes from an emotion or a feeling. The sensation of hunger starts in your body. All sensations like hunger and pain start in your body. If you stub your toe, it starts in your toe. It quickly hits your brain and says, this hurts like the Dickens, but it started in your body. Hunger is the same way. And when you start getting hungry, it's like a little tiny thing. And then it kind of pokes at you a little stronger. And pretty soon your stomach growls because it kind of builds and builds. Hunger builds and it builds in your body and keeps signaling your brain to eat. Okay, that's true hunger. Feelings come from thoughts that you're thinking. Feelings come from your head and then they vibrate down into your body from your brain. So something happens and you have a thought about it. And that thought is what makes you feel a certain way. If it's something that you look at and you think, oh, that's just fabulous. That is fabulous and funny. And a lightness begins to fill your body. Even a tingling, joy, hilarity, right? It doesn't come really from outside you. It doesn't come from what you just saw. It comes from what you thought about it. When you are thinking thoughts and feeling feelings that 
you're afraid to feel or you would rather not feel. You've always turned them off with food. That kind of emotional hunger comes on all at once. It does not build in your body like physical hunger does. Physical hunger, little bit niggly feeling, mm, getting hungry. Oh, my stomach's beginning to rumble. Emotional hunger, I got to eat something now. Now. And when you want to eat something now out of emotions, the last thing you want is a piece of broiled chicken. The last thing you want is a Cobb salad. No, you don't want an apple. No, you want something now and you want cookies or you want something that's going to crunch. You want chips, you want popcorn, or you need something really creamy to soothe yourself down. You want some ice cream. That's emotional hunger. Physical hunger never feels that way. When I physically start to get hungry, oh, I could eat something sweet, but it's not the first thing my mind goes to. My mind does start thinking a Cobb salad might be really good right now. Or, gosh, you know, I had some leftover lemon chicken from dinner last night. That sounds really good. Then I have that. When I'm physically hungry, I really start really thinking about my fuel foods, the stuff that's going to fuel my body. And that's what sounds good to me. If I have emotional hunger going on, I got to have some lemon meringue pie and I want it right now. That's the difference. That's what you're watching for. Don't let that emotional hunger check you out. <laughs> Don't start checking out of life because you immediately, I need food. I need it right now. I'm going to go to the kitchen and eat. Sit yourself back down. Start asking yourself the questions. Why do I want to check out with food right now? Is food going to solve the problem? And what thing could I do right now that will help this problem? I guarantee you it won't be eating. On that physical hunger scale, if you've been using it, trying to find minus two to plus two, and if you're having issues with trying to eat that many times a day, it is perfect for awareness to start discovering your hunger. But some of you have schedules I know that won't allow you to eat six times a day. As a matter of fact, I have a couple of clients who are kindergarten teachers. Who knew this about kindergarten teachers? It seems that kindergarten teachers have lunch at about 10 o'clock in the morning because that's when the first group of kindergartners get their little lunch break <laughs> or their eating break or nap time. For whatever reason, my kindergarten teachers, and I've ended up with more than one as a client, they get to eat in the morning before they go to work. And next thing they know, it's time to eat lunch somewhere around 10 o'clock, 1030. Whenever it's their class, their kids get a break. That's when their lunch break is. So now they have to be hungry at 10 a.m. again. And then they go back in and work with the kids and they don't finish till two in the afternoon without an opportunity to eat again for that four hour period. And when they finish at two, they may not get home until three, maybe even four o'clock if they have to make a stop along the way. So they're going a long time without it. They can't do two to two. If at 10 o'clock in the morning, they ate plus two, they're going to be starting to be hungry at one o'clock. 
but they're not going to get to eat for a couple hours yet. They're going to get themselves in trouble. They're going to drop way too low on the hunger scale. And in response, if you let yourself drop all the way down to a minus six, you're going to end up eating to a plus six or a plus seven because you were so hungry when you started. So the second type of eating on the hunger scale will fit into that kind of a schedule. And what that is, is eating from minus four to plus four, and you're only eating a couple times a day. Now, here's why this works. You're not eating anything before 12 o'clock noon. And then you're eating between noon and 8 o'clock at night. And you're not eating after 8 o'clock at night. This creates a pattern that is in the category of intermittent fasting, which intermittent fasting does amazing things within your body. When you don't eat for 16 hours, when you stop eating at 8 o'clock at night and you don't eat again until noon the next morning, your body has a chance to cross over into a fasting state. And what that fasting state does is it's a shift in your body. Your body shifts to a different cellular mode and it's a cellular mode of repair where your body now has a chance to stop processing all of the foods, all of the chemicals, all of the breakdown in your body. That's all done. All the insulin is out of your bloodstream. Your hormones have all settled down. And now your body has a chance to begin repairing tissue. What an amazing thing. It starts taking the fat back out of your cells to provide the energy to make those repairs and keep you alive until noon. Your body is making those repairs. Your blood chemistry, after a while, intermittent fasting improves your blood chemistry. Amazing, amazing what it does for your cardiac markers, for your triglycerides, your cholesterol, all of those markers will improve. So it creates a state of intermittent fasting. And when you eat at noon, or shortly thereafter, you should be at a minus four and you're going to eat to a plus four. Now the difference between eating to plus two to plus four, a few bites between each number on the plus side. Of course, you're eating your way up from minus four. So you're going to eat from minus four back up to minus two and then back up to zero and then to plus one, plus two, plus three, plus four. And as you get to plus three and plus four, you're going to find that's just a few bites of food. We really don't need much. And each marker on that hunger scale going up on that plus side, there's only a few bites of food in between each one you'll find. So you eat your lunch and you eat to plus four. That should hold you for a good four or five hours before you start getting back down to minus four again. So you'll be good until you get home for dinner. And then again, by then you should find yourself at minus four, where you're starting to actually feel stomach hunger. You're beyond just feeling a little weak and edgy. You're starting to get a good grumble. Okay. And then you're going to eat to plus four. But then after 8 o'clock at night, nothing more. 
You could have a cup of tea, but don't put sugar in it or honey or milk or anything that's going to put carbohydrates back in your body to start processing again. You don't want anything after eight o'clock because you're going to allow your body that 16 hour break. Now, if you're a kindergarten teacher, you can back that up a little bit. You're going to get up. You're not going to eat until 10, 1030, whenever your break is. You're going to be at about a minus four by then. You're going to eat to plus four. And then that's going to hold you until you get home from school. But you're going to want to eat a very early dinner so that you don't drop down past minus four because you ate at 1030 in the morning, which means you're going to want dinner around 334 o'clock in the afternoon. And you're going to eat to plus four. And then you're going to cut yourself off at about six o'clock at night so that you have that 16 hour period of not eating until you hit your first meal at 1030 the next morning. That's how it can work. You can do minus four to four plus and you can do it between 10 o'clock in the morning and six o'clock at night or you can do it between noon and eight o'clock at night. And that will work very well. So if that's something that you feel will fit into your actual schedule better than trying to stop and eat every three hours, then you can try that technique. Along with that technique, um, with either of these techniques, if you're going to eat carbohydrates, try to keep them in the meals that you're having earlier in the day. The closer you get to bedtime, you want to start dropping the carbohydrates out of your meal. And by carbohydrates, I don't just mean fruit and sugar. I'm talking about anything starchy. I'm talking about potatoes. I'm talking about bread. I'm even talking about peas, things like peas. They're good for you. They have a place in your diet, but they are a little carby. So maybe right before bed, it's not a good idea. Rice is not a good idea. No grains. You want to try to narrow that back down as you get towards the end of your day so that your body has a chance to clean the insulin out of your blood. Then on your food journal, I mentioned last time keeping a journal, and it's a different kind of food journal. This has nothing to do with counting calories, counting points. If you already do that, continue doing it. I mean, that's fine. I use my fitness pal. I love that app. It's online. You can download it to your smartphone. And it's very easy to just plug in the food you ate so that you keep track. And you have a record of everything that you've eaten. But the journal that I want you to keep is a paper journal, unless you've got a really great digital program that you want to journal in. You can do that. But I like having a really beautiful little journal. And you can write down at every meal, Were you at minus two? Were you at minus four? Where did you eat to? Did the wheels come off? Did you eat to plus six? What was going on that you might have done that? Did you think you stopped at plus two? Then at your next meal in your journal, you're going to note, was I at minus two? Or did I go all the way down to minus three, minus four? Because I thought I ate to plus two, but apparently I didn't eat enough. Or I didn't get in enough protein and fat. All I ate was fruit and I got hungry again almost right away. 
That's how you're going to learn about yourself. And that's how you're going to create your own list of foods. That's how you build your own diet. So now I want you to get out there and actually put these tools I've talked about into practice. It does you no good to just listen to this. I know it sounds really motivating and it's great to listen to all these ideas, but if you don't actually put this into practice, then it's doing nothing for you. The ideas are just ideas and they're not something that are helping you in your life. And that's what I want to accomplish. I want you to have the chance to see how fantastic it can be to start discovering yourself. Thanks for listening to The Weight Coach. If you like what you just heard, I hope you'll tell your friends about this podcast. And I hope you'll go to iTunes and leave a review for me. That's how I get noticed by other people. It moves me up in the standings on iTunes, so I'm not buried under all the other podcasts. So hook me up, go give me a review on iTunes, and go visit my website. You can find me at joannethelifecoach.com. Now go create some joy in your life. Until next time.